Hey there, this is Katie Chute. I'm a coach for highly motivated professionals and leaders who wish to elevate their careers and lives. I help them unleash their potential and stand in their strength. I'm a believer that courage is the key to transformational change in every area of our lives, our work, leadership, and our communities. This podcast is Choosing Courage, where we get curious about what it takes to live with guts and heart. Thanks for coming back and tuning into this episode. Um, Today is going to be a little different than my other solo episodes. For my solo episodes, I I'm really intentional about what I say and I plan things out ahead of time, um, take notes, write it out. They're more like essays. But today I really want to speak to you directly from the heart. Today's episode is going to cover something that's really personal and it it feels more authentic to just speak to you directly rather than read notes off a page. So let's dive into it. I've been off the grid the last few weeks, and I wish I could say it was because I was doing something fun, like be on vacation, but really we were dealing with some um, some family health issues that took us by surprise and made everything else in our lives just have to go on the back burner, you know? Spoiler alert, everybody's safe and healthy now, and we feel very, very fortunate to be in the place we are now, but it was it was a hard two weeks. I'll give you a little backstory. My son, Ollie, is three. He's almost four. He'll be four in November, and he is just a bundle of energy and fun, and he's so loving. Um, he got the nickname Jolly Ollie because he was just a like happy little dude when he was little. And um, he still is. Of course, you know, he's a toddler, so he has his moments. Don't get me wrong. Um, but overall, he's just like got a great spirit about him. And he is probably one of the most social people I know, which is saying something for a three-year-old. Um, he just loves people. Everyone is his friend. Uh, he he calls adults big friends and kids little friends. And he always wants to tell us how he wants to, like he misses his little friends and he wants to play with his little friends. And, you know, we'll leave the playground and he'll roll down his window and yell at everybody, bye friends. Uh, he's just He's just a really social kid. So this last year, or 18 months really, with the pandemic was really hard for him. Back in March 2020, we pulled him out of his preschool because we relied on my parents for childcare. And my parents, they're not old by any means, but you know, they're in the high risk category. With COVID, we knew that if we were going to keep them in our bubble, we had to not have him around other kids. Then in March 2021, by the time they were vaccinated, we felt comfortable having him go back to school. And he was so excited about it. He loved school. Um, He had his little classmates and he just was so excited every morning to go to school. 
Um, We would do these like affirmations, which is so cheesy and so coachy of me, but we'd be in the car and we'd be like, I'd make him repeat after me. I'd be like, I love my friends. I love school. My teacher likes me. My friends like me. I can listen because he has he had some like really big issues with listening and he still does. Um, But it was. Yeah. So we had our little affirmations in the morning. And yeah. So anyways, he just he loves being around kids and and he really loves his school. Um, This summer, school's been out of session, but they do camp. And so it's, you know, the same schedule. It's still these like little, little kids. But it's, there's more kids and it's not the same bubble, you know, with this classroom that it was during the school year. But we needed the childcare for one, which I think a lot of parents right now really understand. When it comes to these little kids, school is not just the education, which is so important, don't get me wrong, but it's also a way that parents can work. It's the reality for so many parents that you can't watch your kids and work at the same time. I mean, you can, but God, we all saw what that was like, how difficult it is to work and parent a toddler at the same time. It feels like you're either half-assing it at work or half-assing it at parenting, so having some supplemental childcare is so important. So this summer we enrolled him at camp and, you know, I was a little concerned because it was, you know, 12 kids instead of six kids and different kids every week instead of the same six kid bubble. But I knew for him being around other kids was going to be so important and I needed the childcare. We needed the support. Now, there's something that was a red flag for me with the camp, and I tried to ignore it, but I didn't. We live in Washington State, which does have a mask mandate for kids five and up, and his camp runs till age five. So there's no required masking for the kids. And Ollie wears a mask just fine. He has no problem with it. We have him wear a mask at the playground. We have him wear a mask at the grocery store. We don't really do much. You know, we've still kept in our bubble um, this whole time. We've been pretty isolated for the most part. And whenever we do go out, you know, my husband and I are vaccinated, but we still mask up even before they changed the mask mandate a couple weeks or even, God, I think it was only like a week ago that they brought the mask mandate back. But we've always masked up. Ollie's always masked up and he's had no issue with it. The only place where he doesn't wear a mask is at school. It always kind of bothered me that the kids weren't in masks, but I tried to ignore it and I tried to, you know, let my rational brain speak louder than my heart and tried to say, okay, well, for these little kids, it's more unlikely that they're going to get it, that there's not as many cases for little guys. And I, I tried to rationalize my way out of it. But in my gut, my gut felt uncomfortable. But I also, I didn't want him to be the only kid wearing a mask. I mean, it's it's peer pressure. Even as an adult, it's peer pressure. You know, you don't want your kid to be the odd one out. And so I I succumbed to peer pressure and sent him to school, sent him to camp without a mask on. 
with the Delta variant and how contagious it is, my stress level really started to increase about Ollie going to camp and specifically going to camp without any mask. But again, I was succumbing to the peer pressure. And so I tried, I just turned off that instinct, turned off that gut feeling until about a few weeks ago. And I said, you know what? Screw it. He does fine with the masks. I'm just going to send him and, you know, I'll get him excited about the dinosaur mask or whatever, you know, rocket ships or whatever it ends up being. And we'll just see how it goes. And it turns out it was totally fine. We sent him. He had no issues. His teacher said it was, you know, he was fine with it. Um, you know, he was wearing the same mask as when we picked him up as he did when we dropped him off. So that's always a good sign. But I was kind of thinking to myself, oh, my God, why didn't I start this sooner? So this was two, two, three weeks ago. And we sent him in wearing a mask on Monday, and we sent him in wearing a mask on Tuesday. And then Wednesday morning, he woke up with a really runny nose and a bad cough. And it just seemed like bad cold symptoms to us. Um, he's had a few colds before, nothing major, but, you know, he's a kid. It happens. You know, my husband and I are very privileged that we have flexible work schedules and my mom is available for childcare. kind of, um, she helps us out a couple days a week and in the afternoons when Ollie doesn't have school. So when he woke up with cold symptoms, I knew I had a light schedule that day that I could stay home with him and um, it wouldn't be the end of the world. I don't know if, if we can keep him home from school when he's got cold symptoms, I feel better about that because I just don't want to be that parent. You know, the one that gets everybody else sick. So Wednesday morning, cold symptoms, and he stayed home from school. And I, I put in an order with the pharmacy to get a COVID test. I didn't think anything of it. I just knew, let's just get the negative results so that way we can go about our lives. You know, I figured he'll get over the cold in a couple days, but let's get the COVID test done so then... Then we just feel more comfortable, peace of mind. Thursday, his cold symptoms were worse. His nose was like a faucet. It was disgusting. There was snot everywhere because he's three and he can't, you know, he, <laughs> we, he knows how to blow his nose, but he's really bad about wiping it all over his face and then on his hands and he's coughing. It was just gross. So, Anyways, Thursday afternoon, we I take him in to the drive-up pharmacy at Rite Aid, and we do the nose tickle, and it was, you know, he's got like snot coming out of his nose, and we're having to give him, you know, do the whole swab thing in the nose, and he was so upset about it. It was just, it was a it was a nightmare, and I got one done too, just for peace of mind as well. And so that's Thursday afternoon. And then Thursday evening, we got the um, antigen test. So it was the, you know, the one that you get within an hour or so. So, you know, two hours later, so I get the email saying your test results are ready. So I open up the email and I check mine and it came back negative. And then I open up the email to check his and I see in big bright red letters, positive. And my heart 
sank into my stomach. I gasped and so loudly that Ollie came running into the room asking me what was wrong. And at that point, you know, tears are filling up in my eyes. And uh, I, I tell him, you know, oh, mommy stubbed her toe. It's okay. I'll be okay. Um, don't worry about me. Go back to playing. But I was freaking out. You know, here's my little kid. And yes, there have been kids who get over COVID quickly and recover just fine. But yes, there are also kids who don't. And I was terrified. You know, your brain starts going in a hundred different directions, thinking absolute worst case scenario. And your your heart is breaking. Um, you know, I a, a thousand different thoughts were running through my head. Um, I was I was absolutely gutted. You know, a friend of mine is a nurse at a local ER, and I hear the stories of what she's dealt with. And and I don't like to fall prey to the sensationalized news um, and social media, but you do hear stories and you do see statistics. And, you know, this shit is real. Like, yes. Some people get over it just fine, but some people don't. And you don't know if it, who it's going to be. You don't know if it's you. You don't know if it's going to be your loved ones, if it's your kid, if it's your parent. You don't know who's going to be okay. So when I saw his positive test result, I I didn't know. I didn't know if he was going to be okay. So, you know, my brain starts kicking into overdrive and I try to say, okay, let's figure out what do we do? What's the next step? You know, we call the pediatrician, we call my primary care doctor, we figure out, you know, what is this, what is this going to look like? What is this process going to look like? Um, How do we quarantine? How do um, John, my husband and I stay safe? You know, we've been vaccinated, but we, we also know people personally who've had breakthrough cases. Like, again, this shit is happening. This isn't just the news. This is real life. And then I email my son's school to let them know what was going on. Um, I emailed his occupational therapist because he had gone in. He had gone to his occupational therapy session that Tuesday, and I let them know that he had tested positive. You know, that whole time I'm trying to keep my emotions out of it and just stay rational and realistic and looking at the information we have. And and at the same time, my emotional heart, my mama bear heart is exploding You know, Brene Brown says you don't want to dress rehearse tragedy where you play it out in your head, where you anticipate the worst and play it out. But it's really hard not to do that, especially when you see a sick kid, when you see your sick kid. Um, 
So once I get my wits about me a little bit more, and my husband is such a rock. He was so good during all of that. But I get I get my shit together a little bit more, like get my emotional shit together. And then we just, we move on to the next phase of taking care of the sick kid. So, you know, my husband and I also are trying to take care of ourselves and stay safe. Um, so we're masking up, you know, we're washing our hands all the time. I've never sung happy birthday so many times in my life, you know, every five minutes as I wash my hands. We're doing everything we can to stay safe and to keep our kid comfortable. Um, And then on top of it, so you know, like they say with COVID, you want to increase ventilation. So you would think, oh, let's open up all the windows. Well, on top of it, we had wildfire smoke those days. So we can't open up the windows because you can't have the smoke come into the house. And it was 90 something degrees out and we don't have AC, which you know, it's pretty typical where we live. Not many people have AC around here, um, but it was sweltering hot. We had the, the there was zero ventilation um, and there's just like clouds of germs in the air. You know, every time he coughs, he doesn't he doesn't realize he, like he was still learning how to cover his mouth when he coughs. And so he, you know, he coughs and you can just like almost feel the germs all over the place. Um, It was gross. And of course, every time I see that, I'm like, oh, God, here comes more. Here comes more viral load headed my way. So, so it was it was pretty miserable. You know, he he had a sore throat, so he didn't want to eat anything. Um, He had a fever. It wasn't scary, scary high fever. He luckily his breathing was always normal. He never had trouble breathing. Um, And again, like as a mom, like I'm waking up in the middle of the night, going in to check on him and making sure that, you know, his breathing is normal. Um, You know, he was so congested and coughing so much that sometimes he'd cough so hard it made him throw up. Um, And then he'd be, you know, surprised and scared about that. Um, And just, you know, he's so little, he's three. And trying to get him to understand what was going on you know it's he can't he he couldn't yeah he couldn't understand it um and so all we could do was just try and make him comfortable and ride it out oh yeah and then on top of it too god so there was the wildfire smoke the 95 degree temperature and then Our dog, we have a Siberian Husky who's big and fluffy and he doesn't do well in the heat. Um, And we noticed that he had like, I won't, I'll spare you the gross details, but he had like some weird gross, like something on his butthole of all places. (laughs) So we're like, great. So now we've got a kid with COVID and a dog with an infected butthole. And we're (laughs) like, what next? What next? So we have to take the dog to the vet and we're thinking, oh my gosh, it's going to be like an $800. It had to be an emergency vet visit on top of it because they couldn't get us in. 
So, you know, we're thinking, oh, my God, it's going to be $800 bill. And he's got, you know, some kind of weird infection. And maybe he has worms. Or again, we're dress rehearsing tragedy for our dog this time. Um, Luckily, it was just a heat issue. Um, He had some hot spots on his skin back there. Um, So he was fine. But, you know, then we've got his giant cone and he's already a 90 pound dog. So you've got a 90 pound dog and this giant cone and then this. Oh, my God. It was a it was a mess. We were a hot mess. It was an absolute mess at our house. And but, you know, you take it day by day. Um, But it was it was rough. And then he started to pull out of it miraculously. Um, it just seemed like little bit by little bit he started getting better. He um, he got his you know his jolly ollie spirit back. Um, his symptoms were pretty bad, but he was back to his happy self. Um, you know we were exhausted already, and then you know he brings back his toddler energy, and we're even more exhausted. Um, but he he came back to us. Now we're a little over two weeks out, and he's back to his, you know, his happy self. Um, and sometimes not so happy, you know, when, he, again, he's three, he has his moments. Um, but overall, he's, you know, we've got our jolly Ollie back. And I feel so so incredibly grateful because I know there's a lot of families who were not as lucky as we have been. And my heart, my heart breaks for the parents who've gone through what we went through, but didn't have that same outcome. So if you're listening and you're one of those parents or one of those loved ones, my heart is with you. Now, I'm telling you this story both just to be open with you about what's been going on for us, also to use my platform to talk about something that I think is really important, a detail that I want to circle back to about this story is Ollie didn't have any symptoms Monday or Tuesday. And I sent him to school wearing a mask because my gut was telling me to. Nobody from his school, nobody from occupational therapy has tested positive. Even though Ollie didn't present symptoms until Wednesday, there was clearly virus coming out of him before that. And... I truly believe because he was wearing a mask, he kept all of those kids safe. Right now, in school districts and states, people are actively protesting against wearing masks. And it baffles me because it's just a small piece of fabric covering your face, but it could save somebody's life. If my three-year-old can get this, anyone can. And if this tiny piece of cotton can keep all those other kids from getting it, why wouldn't you do that? 
why wouldn't you wear a mask to save somebody else? It seems like the smallest, smallest sacrifice. You know, I've been racking my brain trying to figure out where Ollie could have possibly gotten this. You know, we have him wear a mask for the most part whenever we go out in public. And in the week before he presented symptoms, the only things I can think of are we went to a restaurant and we dined outside, but I took him into the bathroom. I took him into the bathroom indoors and I didn't have him wearing a mask in the bathroom. And we went to a playground again outside and we forgot his mask in the car and he was out in the playground for maybe, God, 15 minutes, 20 minutes before we went back to the car. Was, the car was parked kind of a far ways away. And again, no other kids were wearing masks. And we felt like, oh, I don't want him to be the only one. Um, but then after about 15 minutes, we thought, oh, you know what? Let's just put a mask on him. Let's just be safe. That was it. You know, one, one bathroom trip and 15 minutes at a playground. Those were the only times he could have been exposed. That's all it took. So if this is so contagious that you could get it in the time it takes for a kid to go to the bathroom and 15 minutes outside on a playground, what is happening in these classrooms with our other kids when they're sitting in a classroom all day long not wearing a mask? If you can keep a child healthy, if you can keep a child from having long-term consequences of COVID, if you can keep a child alive by wearing a mask, why the hell wouldn't you do that? Please wear the mask. Please send your kid to school in a mask. Please tell your governor or your school district to enforce mask wearing. It is the smallest inconvenience that can create the biggest impact. Same thing goes with being vaccinated. There has been so much proof at this point that the vaccines are safe. And there's so much fear-mongering going on on social media with people citing sources that are bogus and playing into our deepest fears. And yes, we don't have 10 years of data about the COVID vaccine, but we have years of data about vaccines in general and how safe they are. You might think, I'm healthy. Why do I need to get the vaccine? I've you know, I've gone this far into the pandemic without getting COVID. I can just keep it up and do fine. But it's not just about you. You have an impact on the people around you. You might be asymptomatic. You might be Ollie on Monday and Tuesday and then notice that you're sick on Wednesday. And who knows who you could expose on Monday and Tuesday. It's not just about you. What about the innocent kids? What about the people who, who can't get vaccinated? 
who are in cancer treatments or fighting for their lives in other ways. We have a responsibility to protect the people who can't protect themselves. So I'm saying this from the bottom of my heart as a mom, as a concerned citizen, as your fellow human on this planet, please get vaccinated. Please wear a mask. Please have your children wear masks. You could save a child's life. You know, this whole experience of Ollie being sick and going through this, it made me think about my toxic positivity episode and how, you know, we say, oh, what's the silver lining? And, oh, you know, at least he got better so quickly. And let's have all these, you know, positive vibes messages. Um, But I'm not going to sugarcoat how shitty it was. I'm not going to gloss over the fact that it was emotionally challenging for us. And so I'm going to follow my own lesson from that episode and practice realistic optimism. And that is being honest about the situation and also being optimistic about the situation. And to do that, I had to find meaning. So the meaning I found was the proof that masks work. And the meaning I found was the importance of listening to your heart and trusting your gut. At some point, we're going to make it out of this pandemic. Who knows how long it's going to be. You know, maybe COVID is going to be a part of our lives in some capacity. It might not be gone forever. But let's do our part. And what that looks like is wearing a mask and getting vaccinated. I like to think that my episodes and what I share with you is making a difference in your life. I like to think that I can help you look at your life differently and through another lens, you know, get you thinking about something you might not have thought before. And I think this is the most important message that I've ever shared with you. So with that, I'm going to say goodbye for today. I'll come back with our next episode with more of our typical content. Um, I've got some really great interviews coming up that I'm excited to share with you and a personal announcement that's, that's exciting and something joyful. And I always like to leave things on an optimistic note. So my optimistic note for you today is that you can make a difference. You are a part of something bigger than yourself, than your bubble. And if you have the power to make a difference, if you have the power to make an impact, make a positive one. Thanks for listening. Reach out to me on Instagram and LinkedIn um, at my website, I'm choosing courage.com. 
and tell me what you think. I want to hear what you think about what's going on right now with the controversy of vaccination and mask wearing. And I want to hear your stories about the last 18 months. Thanks for walking with me through this journey. This is Katie Tute, and I'm Choosing Courage. Thank you.